time for Soul Talks. We're Bill and Christy Galtier, Christian counselors and the founders of Soul Shepherding. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep and I take it up again. My sheep follow me. No one can snatch them out of my hands. In other words, with Jesus at the cross, we are unforsaken. That's our theme for this special series during Lent. Thanks for joining us. Bill, I was so encouraged to hear from a pastor couple up in Grass Valley, California, that they've been listening to our soul talks, going through them one at a time, and then taking time after listening together to have their own soul talk. That's exactly the idea, isn't it? Yeah, we've been praying that they would continue these conversations in Christ. Yeah, we've heard others that are doing that, and it's so inspiring for us and heartwarming, because that's the whole idea, is that we get a conversation going here, you and I in the Lord and our listeners, and then we hope that they will keep the conversation going with maybe a family member, a friend, or somebody that they work with. And that's how we grow in the Lord, is through Soul Talks. Yes, and so I'm excited. I've also been hearing from people that they're excited to be joining us for this Next eight weeks of Soul Talks on Unforsaken. Yeah, we've been doing Soul Talks for just about a year now, and this is our first time doing a series. We figured with Lent coming up, we just go through each week of Lent, which will make uh, eight weeks, with the eighth, eighth week being Easter week. And we're going through our booklet, Unforsaken, with Jesus on the Stations of the Cross. And so each week on Soul Talks, we'll have our responses to the meditations for two stations. That'll take us through all 15 stations in the course of Lent. And it'll be uh, a great journey. Well, this is a fun experiment for us because we've been kind of practicing Lent the last 15 years, playing with some new learnings and some new disciplines during this season of the church calendar year. And I'm excited because it's the first time I've heard you use the word fun in association with practicing Lent. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) That is true. That is a first. (laughs) Tell us more about that, honey, how you're feeling. It's a hard season for me because I don't like suffering and I don't like pain. And certainly it's turning our attention to that Mm -hmm. and embracing some of that and Christ's suffering and him calling us to follow him and take up our cross in following him. So it's always something that, you know, I feel some resistance to in my own life Mm -hmm. and soul. And it's not something I grew up with. You know, I mean, I, I didn't really know what it was. And, you know, I remember our daughter... You know, she was a little girl, had Catholic friends and started asking us questions about it. And I'm glad she did because it's been fruitful for me. Yeah. And so, you know, honey, your sensitive, tender heart is so precious and has helped me become more gentle and patient and feeling oriented over the years. And it's really that's what makes Lent hard for you is because mm-hmm. you're, you're getting close to the pain that Jesus yeah. experienced physically, of course, but also spiritually. And then we're, we're participating that, in a sense, through practices of self-denial and so forth. And so, yeah, it brings up a lot of emotion for us from that yeah. perspective. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that made the Stations of the Cross more well-known was Mel Gibson's movie, mm-hmm. The Passion. And that's really painful to watch, yeah. you know. I mean, I did it because I want to appreciate Christ's sacrifice for me. And I think the other thing that's helpful is it helps me to really see just the horrific evil of my sin. Yeah. And that's, of course, the point of Lent and so much of our spiritual disciplines in our walk with the Lord is to become aware of, convicted by our sins, uh, which is the ways that we disconnect from the Lord and, and act destructively. 
and then to confess those things and find mercy and forgiveness and, and healing in that. So, but I just want to thank you for your sensitive, tender heart and your empathy because it's helped me so much in, in growing in that way. And it's really been a huge shaper on this unforsaken booklet because, you know, we've written this over the course of about 15 years of doing prayer walks along the Stations of the Cross, you know, so many times, particularly me. It's been very formational for me. And uh, at times we've brought other people along with us on retreat and so forth. And as you and I have processed that many times over the years, I came to appreciate more and more for the tender-hearted folks this really brings up a lot of this pain, and we really need help with that. And so as we talked about, as we went back to the scriptures, we came to see that really the theme of the Stations of the Cross in the season of Lent is that because of Jesus and his cross, we are unforsaken by the Lord. We are mm-hmm. eternally loved and accepted, and it's really a wonderfully positive theme. And I think it's some of the, the Easter light shining backwards through yeah. the Lenten journey. Well, it's been so helpful. This is my favorite Stations of the Cross guide by far. We've experimented with a lot of different ones. And this is my favorite because of that, Bill. And because instead of dreading it, I can actually look forward to doing it with Jesus. Well, we wanted this whole process to be saturated in Scripture, in the Word of God, uh, and, and to do that with the original ancient stations that have been practiced for many centuries. And we wanted to really bring out the twofold sides of this journey, the side of Jesus carrying his cross and forgiving us of our sins and and just appreciating him and and worshiping him as the Son of God and as our Savior, but then also our response to the cross of Christ. And, you know, Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. And so, you know, what does that mean? And he shows us how to do that in a way that's life-giving, that even in, in the worst of suffering and being so mistreated, he shows us how to be loving and gracious towards the people around us, including our enemies. Mm-hmm. And he's drawing on the joy of the Lord. And that's for us to learn yeah. for our lives, to work into our lives too. And so station by station, we learn that. And that's what we'll be talking about for these eight weeks on Soul Talk. So let's go into the first station. Okay. Well, and also maybe too, for those that are following along in their copy of Unforsaken, these pictures you took at the Santa Barbara Mission. Yeah. Up there, there are stations of the cross. We've gone to a lot of stations across, but that's where these are from. And so the color ones are a little bit prettier, but more expensive to yeah. the color books. So. Yeah, for each station, we've got a picture because yeah. a picture is worth a thousand words and yeah. you want to enter into that picture. Well, it can yeah. increase the fruit of our meditation if we spend some time pondering and reflecting on that in our prayer and conversations with the Lord. So station one is Jesus on trial. Mm-hmm. So we see in the picture we've got here in the book, Jesus before Pilate, but Mark 15, verses 3 to 5, says the chief priests accused Jesus of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Mm. So, I mean, I imagine Pilate as this really strong personality, (laughs) you know, really merciless kind of maybe even bullying personality Mm. and probably pretty prideful being the kind of leader that he was and thinking how it probably is pretty intimidating. I I imagine that I would be shaking, (laughs) you know, to have him in my face, you know, and to realize he, you know, basically could have me crucified. Mm. 
And Jesus isn't just undergoing Pilate's condemnation and judgment, which enough would be undoing for me sure. and terrifying for me. But I mean, you've got the crowd, you've got the Sanhedrin, so you've got the Jewish religious leaders, the religious authorities of the day, you've mm-hmm. got the political authorities of the day, you've got then the the crowds that they have been incited. It's like everybody at every turn, everybody's against him and judging him and condemning him. Mm-hmm. Any one of those would be so terrifying to me. And Yeah, and yet we read in the Gospels that Jesus is silent before these authorities, and yeah. he doesn't defend himself. It's so unusual, because you would expect that he would either be defensive and powering up to defend mm-hmm. himself, or that he would do what I do, and he would just go to shame and fear. Mm. Yeah, me too. I'm sensitive to criticism, and I readily can fall into coming under judgment and condemnation and getting discouraged or you know, trying hard, pressuring myself to be so good or accomplish so much or so pleasing that I, I just won't be criticized. Yeah. Jesus is showing us a different way. Yeah. And, you know, this station, I think, has been one of the most impactful to me because of my sensitivity to being judged and just seeing how Jesus is so secure and so confident there as he, he's as a human being, you know, he, He's, of course, he's a son of God, but he's tempted and tried in every way as we are, we read in the scriptures. So, so how does he do that? Well, it's an amazing thing, honey. And I want to, before I, I go to that, I want to talk about how I respond to judgment yeah. because, you know, you just shared how you do. But not only am I rocked when somebody else is judging me, but what makes me even more rocked is I turn on myself mm. and judge myself mm-hmm. and condemn myself when I'm being judged by somebody else. And so then it's, it's, it turns me into that shame where I totally lose any sense of being secure or joyful. And Jesus shows me the models how he's seen himself in his father's embrace mm-hmm. and the love and security of the Trinity that he's unforsaken. Yes. And he's extending that to us, that mm-hmm. we can find our refuge when we're being judged or even when we're turning ourselves and judging ourselves or condemning ourselves. Romans 8, we're told by the Lord, there is therefore now no condemnation. Mm-hmm. And I need that. I, mm-hmm. have to, I have to tell myself that and see Jesus secure before Pilate and take heart from that before the crowds and the religious leaders take heart from that and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. There's no condemnation for me and you either. Mm-hmm. The so- grace of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's available to me now too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need a God with skin on, don't we? Yes. You know, of course, Jesus is God with skin on in perfection. And in one sense, he's the only God with skin on that we need. He's our Savior, the, the one who forgives us of our sins and reconciles us to God. But in another sense, you know, Jesus uh, says to us, you know, you're my followers. You know, you're the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and you're my witnesses. And uh, we read in the scriptures that we're the body of Christ, uh, even the ambassadors of Christ. So we need people who reflect to us and mediate to us the, the grace and mercy and empathy of God. And so, you know, as you're sharing there, honey, I'm relating with you on two levels. One, I, I, sometimes I feel that way too, and I, I fall into self-judging. And, but I'm also relating with Jesus as you're describing how Jesus is extending God's compassion to you. And sometimes you're struggling to really trust that and connect that because, you know, we experience that together from time to time. And I can see where in those instances, I'm sort of in the position of Jesus and I'm trying to help you not go into judgment. And of course, it's the saddest for me when something that I've said or done has hurt you. And I, you know, I didn't mean to, and 
maybe you've misinterpreted something or maybe I was sharp and had a, an anxious or agitated reaction or something that, that hurts you. And so then, you know, we're trying to work that through and, and talk that through. And I'm trying to help you, you know, reconnect and retrust that my gentle love is for you. Yeah, I appreciate that, honey. And it does help me to look to the Lord and see that he doesn't condemn me. Yeah, that's such a sweet thing when we're able to make that reconnection, you know, when mm-hmm. we can get out of that pattern of self-judging mm-hmm. that inadvertently, often unconsciously mm-hmm. even, puts the person who loves us or, or the God who loves us perfectly, puts them at arm's length and, and says, well, no, I, I can't trust you now or I'm not worth it. And we, and we go into that depressing spot. Yeah. And the other thing that helps me is I'm able to take heart from Jesus and refuse the self-condemnation. But also I find that usually the Lord gently will show me how I probably am judging somebody else in the same Mm -hmm. way I'm judging myself. And then that gives me an opportunity to repent of the condemner in me, not Mm -hmm. just the condemner that condemns me, but also that judges others and condemns others. There's an invitation for me to repent from that and not participate in that either. Yeah. You know, meditating on this station has helped me to see how much I can be prone to judging others in my thoughts and attitudes and even the things that I say, and often without realizing it, but becoming more aware of that and more repentant about that has been really when, good for me. When I'm feeling judged, usually in prayer with the Lord, I can find that there is some experience where I have been guilty of the very same thing Christ is forgiving me of. And mm-hmm. so being able to use that opportunity to extend the forgiveness that I received from the Lord. Yeah, it's the whole log and spec thing from Matthew 7, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. That we can learn a lot about ourselves by the way we judge other people. Mm-hmm. Again, even yes. just in our thoughts and feelings. Yes. And by paying attention to that and confessing that in prayer or to someone who will listen to us in, in confidence and give us empathy we can learn how, yeah, you know, I'm trying to take a speck out of my brother or sister's eye, but I've got a log in my own eye and the very things that I'm, the attitudes and judgments I'm putting on other people, I put on myself, Mm -hmm. you see, and it's just spilling out now in my thoughts about other people. So, yeah. So then the, uh, the second station in the unforsaken journey is Jesus takes up his cross and we have a, an artist rendering here of real up close and personal to the face of Jesus and just drawn to that winsome, manly, gracious face of our Lord. It's portrayed here and, and it's, he's right up with his cross, putting it on his shoulder there. And you can just feel the love that's coming out to us that, that Jesus would do this for us. And we read in John nineteen seventeen, carrying his own cross, Jesus went out to the place of the skull. And so there we have Jesus beginning the crosswalk, and we've done that crosswalk on the Via Dolorosa, yes. in the old city of Jerusalem there, and seen Jesus in our mind uh, as we've stopped at these physical stations, you know, that have plaques at them and done the scripture readings. And, you know, millions of pilgrims over the years have done this journey. And this is why I like the original ancient stations of the cross, because we've got all this history you know, all these prayers and to really spend time with the scriptures that relate to these stations. Wow. And so here we begin the walking now with Jesus as we've left the place of judgment where Jesus has been condemned. And now he begins the experience of being whipped. And so sickening. It's, it's really painful to reflect on. How do you feel 
yeah, I feel sad. I you know, really look closely at how Jesus is suffering and so brutally mistreated. Yeah, it just it's can be demoralizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depressing. I kind of get stuck there. Yeah, until you know, if I look long enough and open my eyes, my heart to really look closely at Jesus, and I see, wow, you know, he's doing this out of love for me, and he's not depressed about it. He's not shrinking back. This is his passion. This is his great desire of his life. It's the purpose that he came to earth for. And he's very focused on this. And so then I can begin to uh, receive his love and grace and mercy. Yeah, you've helped me with that because it's easy for me to just get stuck in the horror of anything. I don't want him to do this, but you're able to move on and to see, no, it's because he loves me. Yeah, and I think the other thing that helps me is, which we talk about here in station two is for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, Hebrews 12, two. So what was the joy? The joy was his intimacy with the father and being in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy, the Bible says. And so he's not only suffering, he's also in the spiritual reality. So he's got another force another life here that is at work in his body and his soul. And the joy is this intimacy with God that he's sharing with us, this love for us. He's inviting us into this, you see. So he's not just inviting us into the pain, he's inviting us into the grace. And so that's why you're inviting us into this practice here in Unforsaken by asking us to reflect on an example of how we might take up our cross and deny ourselves something that keeps us from a greater love for Christ. Yeah, so like I deny myself my appetite for work and accomplishments and succeeding in things. And that's not a bad thing, but it needs to be contained because the the best thing is the life of prayer and life of relationships and, and loving people and being interruptible from my work. And so that's something I've been practicing, you know, setting limits on and doing disciplines like Sabbath where, you know, a whole day each week where I don't do any work, don't do any projects and times of solitude and silence where I really unhook from being with people and uh, accomplishing things. And I just go off in nature or in a time of scripture meditation and in prayer to find myself and my identity apart from these accomplishments and apart from people's approval. Yeah. And it helps you to love the Lord more. And I've certainly felt loved, and I know our kids have, too. And that's what I want. Thank you. So, Lord, we just pray that you would lead each one of us during this season of Lent. Just speak to us and guide us. Is there something that you are calling us to deny ourselves of, a way to take up our cross and follow you, in love for you, obedience to you, and in confidence of your love and your presence and your power that's enough for us? We seek to be with you in this journey, Lord, through Lent, to be aware and joyfully connected to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for showing us that, like you, we are unforsaken. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Each week during Lent, we're having a soul talk in response to the readings in our new booklet called Unforsaken. It's a short storybook with pictures, Bible meditations, and prayers invite you to follow Jesus station by station on his cross journey. You can order Unforsaken on soulshepherding.org or Amazon. 
for as little as $5. Till next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.